Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Strong AF Podcast. I'm Ashley. I'm Yuri. And today we have a wonderful guest on with us. We have Dr. Ashcraft, who discovered chiropractic following a wrestling injury at age 12. He changed his passion and graduated magna cum laude from New York Chiropractic College. He has since been practicing wellness chiropractic care in the Lake Norman community for over 10 years. And the reason we're so excited today to have him on is because he is our personal chiropractor and we just love seeing his face every week. <laughs> yes, and so do our kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. <clears throat> Thank you so much for that introduction. Uh, it almost makes me want to start all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I really, I was really honored and, and happy that you asked me to come on as a guest to your podcast. Um, it's been uh a pretty awesome journey for me as well, having a front row seat um, for you and, and your family and watching you go through your health transformation over the past year as well. Um, you know, as a wellness chiropractor, uh, we do promote health and well-being in our office and not just pain management. And so when we see our patients really take some of those uh, topics that we really try to employ in our office and, and educate our patients then that empowers them to make awesome choices. And it's just been truly a blessing for me to, to you know, like I said, have a, a front seat uh, with your journey, with you and your family as well. So thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much. You know, I feel like we kind of fell into your office. Um, so no, we, we got knocked into his well, yeah, office. Yeah, <laughs> you got knocked into his office, literally, um, with a car accident which had pushed Yuri and um, our oldest son, YJ, into coming into chiropractic care. And then um, me and Camden and Amari then fell into that as well, um, just by seeing the transformation that they were having. Yeah. So it was an amazing thing that happened, even though in the beginning it, it seemed very difficult to go through. Um, it turned out to be one of the best things that we've done. And I know that your journey to chiropractic care kind of led in the same way. You had an injury, which led you down sure. this path. So tell us more about that. Well, um, you know, I, I, and I say this all the time. I don't, I may be a little metaphysical and out there, but I don't know that I really chose chiropractic as much as I feel like maybe I was chosen. And I, you know, as even as a kid, I knew what I wanted, <clears throat> excuse me, what I wanted to do all the way through junior high, high school, all the way through undergrad. And I certainly have other interests and things that I love, but nothing that I could imagine doing uh, as a career more than what I do right now. Um, so I came through school. Uh, I joined a, a wellness chiropractor early on in my career for my first year and a half or so. And, um, and he was fantastic. I learned a lot while I was there, uh, but I really, I didn't get the why behind it as much. Um, and I, I just really had a hard time understanding some of what I now employ in my office as, as wellness chiropractic. And there are, there is a difference. There are two different types of chiropractors. You have musculoskeletal chiropractors who really do focus on uh, cricks, sprains, and backaches. Um, and I did that uh, when I left that chiropractor early on, I joined a sports medicine team where I worked with an orthopedic surgeon, a whole group of PTs. At one point, we had a couple of neurosurgeons we were affiliated with. Um, so I was doing a lot of that uh, high neurological type issue care. And I, and I would never want to unlearn all that experience, but it really was kind of fancy pain management where we were just utilizing chiropractic instead of medicine as the tool to rehab and to better range of motion uh, and, and less pain. 
but that left out a whole component of what I really educate in my office now where wellness chiropractors do all the same thing, but there is more of an emphasis on the autonomic nervous system component, which controls organs, glands, and blood vessels. And that, you know, that really does uh, factor in when you're talking about health and well-being. So mm-hmm. instead of just selling pain management, we promote health in our office. And uh, there are multiple pillars that you need to accomplish in order to really hit your health goals. Um, and we talk about those all day, every day. And one of those, as you obviously know full well, is the nutrition component. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that if you're not checking all those boxes, sure, you may be stopping the crash or, or leveling off or maybe even seeing some improvement, but there's just no way you're going to maximize your potential unless you're doing all the pillars mm-hmm. that come along with that. And that's really I think the main difference, the, the actual treatment, as far as the adjustment, you know, you're not going to find maybe much of a difference. Um, I think, uh, hopefully I'm pretty good at it. I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> I worked really hard at it, very, but the reality good. is, thank you. Um, but the reality is, you know, you could go into any chiropractor's office and expect, I think a good adjustment, but mm-hmm. the education that comes along with it. Um, I think that we work exceptionally hard at that in our office. Uh, so the, you know, we give our patients the steering wheel and we hop mm-hmm. in the passenger seat and we say, turn right, turn left, but I'm not going to carry you on my back. I can only care about your health as much as you do. And it's really just, it's really fun and, and awesome. And, and it gets me a little choked up when I get to see people make those health transformations. And while it's not a light switch, it's more of a dimmer than an on and off switch. And it does take a lot of hard work and a lot of energy and a lot of focus and determination to do that. But when you stack your corner with people who love you and they want to work with you through that and, and you just move the needle little by little by little, you build those behaviors and habits. Um, and then, you know, you can see the health transformation. Sometimes it's hard to see a difference, you know, from one day to the next, but boy, if you look back a week or a month or a year, you can yes. see massive change. Yes, yeah, definitely. I love the fact that you brought up the two different types of chiropractic care, right? Because I had so many issues as a child. I was constantly uh, constipated. I had scoliosis. um, And so I had to see a chiropractor on a regular basis, but it was just pain management. There was no wellness involved with that. Um, And so, and then even as an adult, I would go to the chiropractor when I felt pain and it was always the same adjustment that I received. There was nothing special or unique that led me to believe that this was the way to continue going. And so when we first met you, I was like, yeah, it sounds good, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, is it, is course. it really? So then whenever Yuri and YJ started going after the car accident, I was like, Oh, this guy's different. You know, I had been to the others and I was like, no, this guy's different. He's actually putting in the work. Um, he's teaching us things like you, you, we would come in and you'd be like, okay, so I want you to tell me exactly everything that's going on with you, not just the pain from the car accident, but I want you to tell me everything. Yeah. And so YJ would come in there and talk about his constipation issues. And you're like, okay, well, that's, that's this region. So we're going to work on this region. It was the education behind it. And I was like, ah. like, even the other day when I came in, I was like, hey, my allergies are bothering me. Like what area on this is <laughs> on me sure. is causing C3. this <laughs> C3. Yes, exactly. So, and you're able to actually teach us and educate us so that we can make different changes in our lifestyle. And honestly, um, you were a huge influence in our lifestyle change. Oh, that's, thank you. That's very flattering. Um, and I really do, 
hopefully you can leave your mark on every person that comes in. Like they're, they're here, they're hiring me for a service. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you can empower people with those tools and then just nudge them down that path. And then I say gently, but I mean, if you ask, if you allow me to, I'm going to hold you accountable during Mm -hmm. that process as well. And, you know, some people are fantastic at holding themselves accountable, but most people are not. So when you, you make a decision and you say it out loud, you write it on paper and then you start, you know, you tell people and then you ask them to hold you accountable and, Mm -hmm. and then you get to report back to those people and, and they can see those changes and they can help you get, you know, through the rough patches as well, Mm -hmm. because it's a roller coaster, you know, you don't see those changes at first. Um, it's an evolution. Well, getting sick is an evolution too. I mean, yeah. you can certainly walk out in front of a school bus and have some things you didn't have 30 seconds ago, but by and large, we're making poor lifestyle decisions every day that just keep adding straws to the camel's back. And, you know, eventually you're going to pay the price for that. Youth hides our sins. So a lot of times you can get away with it when you're young, mm-hmm. but at some point you're going to pay the price for that. And, um, you know, you talked about, Yuri and, and YJ coming in and you, you do bring your children in every week as well for a checkup. Um, obviously they don't need quite as much work as you do. Children shouldn't need as much work. They don't have 30 or 40 or 70 years of stress piled mm-hmm. onto their systems yet. Um, and if you force me to choose, uh, you know, see children all day or never, or, or adults and never see another child. Well, sorry, adults, I'm taking the kids. Right. Um, and the reason why is because you can make such a drastic impact on their health at such an early age that you can maybe help prevent a lot of the stuff that, you know, we're, we're really forced to reckon with at at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from a stress perspective, Oh Lord, you know, I've got my own children and we're, you know, their father's a chiropractor and I check them regularly. I just checked my daughter's at bedtime last night is just part of the routine. But the reality is technology has really sped up um, our lives and our lifestyles. And we're constantly plugged in. We don't recharge and revitalize and rejuvenate like we used to. Um, You know, I think I'm not sure where they, where I heard this, but I just heard this not too long ago where um, two generations ago, the amount of uh, stress that they amassed in their nervous systems through their entire lifetime Right now in today's society, it only takes us two months to amass that same amount of stress because we don't unplug. We never recharge. And we've always got everything you could possibly need right at your fingertips. And we run our life. And I'm guilty of this as well. I mean, I run a super fast paced lifestyle and I'm trying to get everything in. But I also have outlets and ways to recharge that most people you know, don't take advantage of. I got eight hours of sleep last night. Um, most people don't. That's that's a major no-no. Uh, and I'm guilty from time to time, but, you know, I'll probably leave more of a 90-10 rule as opposed to a 50-50 when it comes to healthy and maybe not so healthy lifestyle choices right. for sure. Do you think that increase in stress and just everything that's going on in today's society has led to... Um, this pandemic of COVID being even more widespread because I mean, stress lowers your immunity. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a fantastic question. When we 
first when this thing first popped up and no one really knew as much about it and they before they didn't even think it was airborne it was all on surfaces so of course you know we're telling everybody don't wear a mask based on recommendations and guidelines and we're sanitizing like heck in our office and trying our best to maintain social distancing protocols and throughout this whole process we've been taking information from wherever we can get it to try to make the very best decisions um the reality is people who get adjusted have better immune function, period. Um, the research uh, shows that people who get adjusted, their immune system functions at 200% over people who don't get adjusted wow. that are just the general population and as much as 400% higher than people who have chronic issues and, and illnesses. And, and most of them, the ones that you really look at for people who have high risk for COVID are going to be things like high blood pressure, mm -hmm. heart disease, lung conditions, um, and, and autoimmune issues and things that really impact your body's ability to, to fight off germs and infections. Now, um, I know several, several people who uh, have tested positive or have been in contact with it, who've quarantined at this point. I think, you know, probably most of us do, um, mm -hmm. unless you live in a bubble right now, you know, someone who's tested positive or, um, or, or quarantine because they knew someone who did that they were in contact with. Um, and, and I don't know what the data actually looks like, or if we will even ever have true numbers behind this, but I can tell you that I haven't had a single patient hospitalized as a result of this. Um, and, and honestly, I don't even think I've had anyone who's been really ill, even the people who have tested positive. Um, it's usually very light and mild symptoms. So, you know, people who get adjusted and checked regularly, they do have higher immune functions. Um, and that's just looking at people who get adjusted versus people who don't. Well, mm -hmm. we all, we just talked about the lifestyle impact there as well. My argument is, uh, you know, chicken or egg. And it's not just the adjustment. People who get adjusted are also more likely to eat better, mm -hmm. exercise, get better sleep mitigate and manage and reduce and eliminate their, their external stressors where they can. So it, chiropractic is not, it's a lifestyle. It's not yes. just, I go for my adjustment in place of my aspirin. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, people do use it for that. And you know, if that's on them, if they want to, it's certainly better than putting chemicals in your body. Um, but the reality is, uh, you know, and I don't know if it's people are more likely uh, to seek out chiropractic care because they're already wellness minded, or mm -hmm. is it, you know, people who maybe weren't wellness minded, they go to the chiropractor, they learn about wellness and they make those changes. And it's probably some of both. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking from experience, I think we're definitely the second one, you know, we came because we needed to get them to, to get Yuri and YJ taken care of. And then it led to a wellness path for us. And I mean, obviously that's super flattering to watch people go through that. Um, you know, some of the metrics that we use just to track progress in our office and make sure that we're, you know, uh, hitting our, our purpose um, in our office, which is to abundantly serve our community by facilitating chiropractic miracles uh, with extraordinary hospitality. Uh, we do use a variety of metrics. And one of those things that we look at are our wellness referrals. How many of our patients refer in family and friends and people that they know just for a checkup to see if there's anything hiding in there that are completely asymptomatic. The mm -hmm. starting point when someone walks into our office is going to be drastically different from person to person. And that's going to impact the plan that we 
put out there for them to actually get healthy. I mean, if you're a, if you're a 20 year old um, yoga instructor who meditates all day and eats twigs and berries and lives in a bubble and you tweak something and you come into our office, your starting point is going to be very different than someone who is a 400 pound diabetic four pack a day smoker couch potato, you know, that that's been grinding away for 70 years with that lifestyle. And those paths are going to be drastically different. One of those people is going to get to wellness care extremely quickly. Um, and the other one may not ever get there because you can't, I mean, you could never adjust that person back into good health mm-hmm. without them making, you could slow down the crash for sure. Maybe buy them some time. Um, but you're not going to prevent that. They have to make those choices on their own. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, you know, like we spoke about before and we've, we talked about this in the office too, a lot with, you know, because COVID's going on right now and, um, there were some hesitancies that we had as well on the vaccine and different things like that. So, um, we decided to get some questions from our listeners about what they're concerned about with COVID right now. If you don't mind answering a few of those. Uh, sure. I'll give it my best. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm right in the middle on this. Um, so, you know, I'll try my best to not offer too much, you know, in the way of political opinions and whatnot here, because I know things can go sideways, in the movie, but, <laughs> but I will be, I will be honest in my assessment for sure. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. So I think one of the biggest questions that we had is once you get COVID, can you get it again? Uh, the research suggests yes. Um, and again, that varies from person to person based on what I'm seeing. Uh, the two people can get the same exact strain uh, and test positive and go through it and respond drastically different. Mm-hmm. They think right now 40 to 50% of the people uh, who get this thing are completely asymptomatic carriers. Um, I just had a patient who had to have ankle surgery two weeks ago who went in for a pre-surgical uh, exam and, and she got the COVID test and she tested negative for COVID, but positive for antibodies. So she had it, never knew it. Um, and I don't know how many people are in that situation at this point. Um, and so people can react differently right up front in terms mm-hmm. of whether or not they have symptoms or even whether or not they contract it. Some people are around it and they don't even get it. So, you know, down the road, how long people harbor antibodies afterwards can also vary. It looks like from person to person where some people might uh, hold antibodies maybe indefinitely. They mm-hmm. they they had a much larger uh, response immune wise in terms of building that protection for down the road. Uh, and somebody else it might fade out, you know, four or five months later. And now you got the variants to worry about as well. Yeah, that's definitely very interesting. So you talked a lot about how. Um, some people, they may not even show any symptoms and then others, you know, have passed away from this. So I, I would say most definitely the immune system um, and pre-existing conditions definitely play a role in that. But there have been shown some healthy people who have also passed away from this. So what do you think some other factors are related to that? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting when you say healthy they might've had some hidden and underlying health conditions that they didn't know about that they, that were asymptomatic. 
and then I've seen some cases where there were some very healthy people. Uh, my argument is maybe a nutrient deficiency. Uh, we know that vitamin D, uh, zinc, vitamin C, um, and obviously you want to be getting the nutrients that you can from your food, but if you're not, you need to be getting some supplements there. Um, I think it was 50% or somewhere close to that. The last time I looked at the research on vitamin D, the people who end up hospitalized or, or succumb to this illness uh, are vitamin D deficient. Um, so if you're you know, taking care of your nutrients, then you're probably going to ward off a lot of these things. Uh, the science shows even, even if you do have some of those underlying issues that, you know, if you're not nutrient deficiency, you're probably going to have a better chance there as well. Okay. That's great. And, um, so one of the things that I've seen, and I have someone close to me that has tested positive for COVID. Um, so I'm curious about this too. So there is a thing now where basically you can donate your plasma to help others if you have the antibodies. So how do you find out if you have these antibodies to help others? You know, I'm not really sure exactly where, where you would go for a test. I think probably you would just go to CVS or something like that. Um, I'd, I'd really have to look into that. Uh, maybe just go to your healthcare practitioner to find out. Um, and that's changing pretty rapidly as well. And I think just saw where you can get a home COVID test. Um, that's a rapid test that, that's pretty inexpensive that's coming down the pipeline pretty quickly okay. as well. Um, and I think that those things could help a lot. Uh, if you if you test positive and you're not going to be foolish and you're like, well, I should probably not go out in public, then you probably just didn't infect someone you passed on the sidewalk. Um, and so that will help people make decisions to socially distance if in fact they know that they're that they're testing positive. Now, as far as the plasma uh, and donating plasma, we actually just had the Red Cross, uh, actually it wasn't, it was another group. Uh, we had the, the blood mobile come to our office um, a couple of weeks ago and for people who donated blood, um, they actually did the antibody test on the spot. So you got to find out if you had antibodies because that's what they would use that for at that point. So uh, if you do see a blood drive come up, I imagine they're probably doing that um, for most of them at this point. So, you know, go donate, donate your blood. Someone Wonderful. can use it. Are you familiar with the vaccine, like some of the positive benefits for the ones who do choose to get the vaccination? Uh, yes. And, you know, that's a that's one of those topics that is a close to home topic. We've been having a lot of discussion about that. Um, I think, you know, most chiropractors, if you did a survey, probably don't even get their children vaccinated at all. I know that vaccines are a hot button topic. Um, and everything can be. So, you know, while well, I'll take my shots here if I need to, um, uh, from people who maybe not won't agree with this, but I did choose to get vaccinated. Um, as a healthcare practitioner, I was first in line. Um, we see over 100 visits a day in our office. And so that's a lot of human interactions and interfacing. Um, I know I have colleagues who are uh, horribly opposed to uh, even the masks, let alone vaccines. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've never had a flu shot. I'm not a, a huge fan of medicine just in general. If in fact you can do something to avoid medicine and, and uh, impact your body in other healthy ways. Um, 
but I looked at the research on how this thing was created. Um, I was not going to get it at first. I sat on the fence pretty hard for a while. When I started to shift, I did not go first when they rolled it out, even though I could, I wanted to see how people were going to react to it, make sure there weren't going to be a bunch of, um, a bunch of people falling out as a result. Uh, when they roll something out, so quickly, um, even though the research shows that it's healthy, um, and I say healthy, um, you're still putting a chemical in your body, I suppose. Well, when the research shows that the, the um, side effects are very, very low, um, and as far as like deaths from this and things like that are, you know, relatively close to zero. So, um, the safety was a concern at first of mine that once that waited, uh, I've, I've got a bunch of other colleagues, uh, in the healthcare arena that aren't chiropractors, nurses, um, medical doctors that, you know, I chatted with and watched and sat on the fence for a while. And then I just, I made my personal decision to go ahead and get vaccinated, um, for a variety of reasons that are, like I said, very personal to me. Um, so I got the Pfizer vaccine uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm slated to get my second one, uh, next Friday. Yep. So the Pfizer and the Moderna are both two, they're two shots. Um, I think the Pfizer, you have to wait about three weeks, Moderna, you wait four weeks for the second one in order to get the 95%, um, efficacy rate out of them. I think there's a new one coming down the pipeline right now, Johnson and Johnson, uh, that looks like it may be 60 to 70%, but you only get one. Um, and so, and part of that was really, I guess maybe was, I was being a hypocrite, to be honest with you. Like I was secretly hoping that everybody around me would get the damn thing so that you could start getting toward herd immunity, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm not going to get it because I'm a chiropractor and I'm opposed to vaccines. Um, and then I thought, good Lord, I'm hoping everyone else does it secretly. Um, but <laughs> I'm not going to do it myself. And I'm like, that just doesn't sit well with me. So, um, plus I haven't seen my parents in over a year. I've never gone more than a few months without seeing my parents, you know, I'm hoping to be able to travel once they get it. Um, and I'm around a ton of people all day, every day. And some of them are, are elderly and, and have a much higher risk. And, you know, I'd have to live with, live with that. If I, if I got positive, tested positive and passed it on to someone who, who didn't maybe fare as well. Um, that said, I mean, our patients have not really been getting sick. So, um, so it's, it's, there's a very gray area there and that can be a horribly touchy subject, um, for a lot of people. I know a lot of people won't do it. And I'm sure I'll, like I said, I'll take some pot shots here as a chiropractor who decided to get the vaccine, but that was my choice and I don't care. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You've got to do what's best for you and your family at the end of the day. But I've got a lot of patients who won't, mm -hmm. a lot of them who won't. Um, and even with my staff, I told my staff, like, I'm not going to mandate that you get it. It's a personal choice. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just kind of where, where we are at this point. But this thing's evolving, though. And the more yes. we learn, I'm very I'm not so stuck in one camp that I, I can't get peeled off with new information. I mean, if you can show me a better way mm -hmm. and I can buy into that, like I will make a pivot in my office tomorrow. If I think <laughs> it's for the greater good of, of my staff and, mm -hmm. and, and our patients and our community.
Right. That's the way I was when the whole vaccine came out. I was just against it. I would not, I would not take it. And then Ashley was doing her research. And then when we met with you on our treatment, on our visit, when you spoke about it and told us how you got it and the benefits of it and stuff like that. And then seeing how it's changing and getting stronger and different strands are coming out. That's where Recently, we've decided that when it's available for us, that we plan on taking it as well. So, yeah. Well, what's interesting too is when you look at the the other countries versus the U.S. in terms of the vaccine rollout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a higher population than some of those other countries. Um, certainly, ours is a state to state thing, and I don't know if this is accurate. I just heard this this morning um, before the podcast, and have not had a chance to verify this. I'm sure someone could look it up very quickly, but um, that as far as the vaccine rollout that here in North Carolina, we're second to last um, behind Hawaii in terms of our actual rollout, which, I mean, I I don't know that I would have guessed that, um, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you look at the ability to actually get this thing into people's arms um, and, and how that's been handled at this point, it's just been interesting to watch for sure. You know, I would, you would think that they would be able to get it out there much quicker, you know, for the people who want to actually. Exactly. Yeah. On the flip side of it too. I mean, if, if you're, if you're younger and you're very healthy Mm -hmm. um, and you're not in a high risk group, sure. You could be an outlier if you got COVID and you could end up in a very bad place, but look at the bell curve. Most people are somewhere in the middle. And Mm -hmm. if you make good healthy choices, you probably are going to be an asymptomatic carrier or um, maybe lightly symptomatic and you sit home for two weeks and then you're going to be fine. There are people, unfortunately, who won't. And I think that as you start to see more of the people who have high risks getting the vaccine and you start, you see in less people in hospitals and the ones who end up in the hospital will get proper care because all the ICU beds aren't full and all the doctors and nurses aren't destroyed from 18 months of running hundred miles an hour all day, every day. Um, then you'll start to see, uh, you know, things will open back up. It'll start mm-hmm. to feel more toward normal. And I think people are just really so kind of over this at this point that they're starting to act normal when maybe it's not quite time for that yet. Right. Um, Yeah. And the other thing is too, now that we have these different strands coming into the U S so how is that going to affect things and how does that affect even those who have been vaccinated or are they going to be, um, you know, protected against those. And I guess it's going to depend too on the strands that are coming in and, and how they've developed. Correct. Yeah. And a lot of those strains may be coming from, Outside the U.S., uh, whether it's the South African strain, the U.K. strain, the Brazilian strain, mm-hmm. which we, you know, they are now thinking that the U.K. strain, they're all much more contagious than the one that we've been dealing with, um, but not necessarily any more deadly. But, well, it's just just look at numbers. I mean, if you if you have something that's equally deadly, but you infect 10 times more people, you're going to have 10 times more deaths exactly. uh, from that. Um, but the reality is, I think that the researchers are more concerned with the mutations developing and the variants developing within the U.S. And and they don't necessarily have to come in from somewhere else. We have so many cases here that they're starting to see, you know, in other countries, even um, where you'll see people that are infected with more than one strain at the same time. Um, And that, you know, I don't know 
what the difference would be. Maybe they're just as ill, maybe more ill. Um, but they think that that could actually uh, internally speed up the development of more variants. Now, as far as getting this thing under control from a vaccine perspective, um, right now it looks like the vaccines that they've developed so far uh, impact the spike protein that makes the virus sticky in your body. Um, and so what I'm seeing in the data uh, and the research suggests heavily at this point that we're still protected at least to some measure against all the current variants, but that if somehow one of them mutates in a way that doesn't impact, uh, that makes it maybe more, um, more contagious and or more deadly, but it's not the spike protein that's the issue. And I'm not sure exactly how that science would work, but they're, they're suggesting that it's potentially, you know, it's possible that a year or two down the road or sooner, maybe that there could be some variants popping up um, that, uh, that the vaccines aren't as good at handling. Um, and I think that with the technology, the biotechnology that they use to create these vaccines, at least the hope is um, that they can spin them up pretty quickly, like six or eight weeks now, instead of a year, now that right. they've got the, the template for that. Um, but a lot of that stuff, I mean, I, that's all just the stuff I'm seeing. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, but anyone can read the stuff I'm reading. I'm just probably reading the stuff I'm reading at a little more frantic pace because I'm in a healthcare <laughs> arena. Right. Um, but you know, it's, I'm not getting it from any, you know, special secret sources. Um, and so, you know, the reality is that there are people out there that are a lot smarter than me that are working on this stuff all day, every day that, you know, could probably give you more information or, you know, hopefully I'm not misspeaking here because uh, it changes every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's extremely helpful um, for the listeners that we have who either are interested in getting the vaccine um, for whatever reason, maybe, uh, or if they are interested in the vaccine, but they're still looking to improve their health uh, in other ways, what types of health and wellness tips do you have for someone that they can get started on today to improve their lifestyle? Well, I mean, obviously what you started out with at the beginning of this podcast, um, and you told a little bit about your journey. Um, if you have a lot of needs in terms of coaching and things like that, make an appointment, come into my office. Um, I'll tell you what, here's what I'll do uh, as a thank you to you personally for inviting me on your show. If you have any listener out there that wants to come in to my office um, for an evaluation, uh, then I'll buy your first visit as long as you don't have insurance that you want to file. Um, cause that would, I can't obviously pay for that. Uh, if you're going to file insurance, that would be fraudulent. Um, but I will be happy to do that and we can assess what your needs are. So, you know, again, the five pillars of health are exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress management. And the other one is a balanced nervous system. The only way you can truly get a balanced nervous system is to have it evaluated. And if there are uh, roadblocks in that system or what we call subluxations, um, then we'll find them. And when we, when you get adjusted, the whole point is not to, you know, smash a bone back into place and somehow that magically cures all your ailments. The whole point in the adjustment is to open up the neurological pathway. So the power that created the body can heal the body. So what, essentially what we're doing is we're unlocking your inner healing by removing uh, the roadblocks that are in the middle of your nervous system so that your brain can communicate 
through your nerves to whatever is on the other end of that, uh, that nerve, whether it's a muscle, tendon, ligament, joint capsule, and your structural things mm -hmm. or organs, glands, and blood vessels. So your body, you know, I, I do the adjustment, your body does all the hard work and then I get some of the credit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's just the part that I do in the office. That's the, for the patient, that's the passive piece. You show up here, I do the work, but that's not all the hard work. That's the easy part, just showing up. Um, the other, the harder parts, as you know, are much more involved and, and you got to make, you know, make that lifestyle decision mm -hmm. where if you want to start, you know, it's not just eat healthy. Okay. Now what? There are 500 different fad diets out there. Yes. Um, you could Google one and end up on the wrong path. You know, you need to you find someone like yourselves, uh, who really learned about all that, who can help to coach you through those things. Um, and it's the same thing with, you know, exercise. You can, you might Google something or jump on YouTube and find the perfect exercise for you, or you might get it all wrong and screw yourself up. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to ask someone who knows those things. And, you know, that's certainly, we can get you on that path. Most definitely. So where can everyone find you to come in and get set up for an appointment? Yeah, we are, uh, we are at 584 Brawley School Road in Mooresville. Uh, you can find us at mooresvillechiropractor.com. Um, yeah, it's easy just to look us up there uh, or Cairo Life Wellness Center. Uh, you can look at us on social media as well. Um, just reach out. Yeah. And when we become my patient, I will give you my personal cell phone number, but I'm not going to do that on a podcast. <laughs> 700. Yeah, I actually have like, well, you know, you, you have my cell number. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people uh, that we have in our active patient database who have my cell number and, and I'm pretty darn easy to get a hold yes. of. And I uh, promise you, <clears throat> while I might not answer your call, uh, I will get back to you very quickly, especially if you text me. Most definitely. I highly recommend, you know, coming in to see Dr. Ashcraft because him, the rest of his staff, like mm -hmm. everyone is so friendly and just, we have crazy kids. Yes. They're, they're <laughs> insane, but they love them and, and, and they handle them there as well. They're spirited, but they're just kids. Yeah. <laughs> we love the kids in our practice. Um, we actually did a, a breakdown of our demographics and uh, Thirty-one percent of our practice is families, um, so we treat a lot of kids in here, and and I truly love it. I love, love, love to get my hands on the kiddos and balance those tiny little nervous systems and get them the very best start at life. Um, but yeah, no, your kids are. I assure you, while you might, <laughs> all the parents get freaked out, like my kid's not acting perfect, and we're, I, to me, it's just background music, um, <laughs> being a parent and having a family practice. But you know, we encourage all of that. Um, and yes, thank you for giving a shout out to my staff. I love, love, love yes. them. Um, they're absolutely spectacular. Uh, I'm the one doing the podcast today, but, um, we also have Dr. Connor Donahue on staff here as well. Um, love him. He and I are very similar. Uh, he's grown the heck out of his business as well. And we just serve a ton of people and, and we look forward to serving a lot more. Definitely. So thank you so much for coming on, but we got some rapid fire questions for you. Cause you know, oh, we're going to get our little health and fitness in here. Sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pref these are your preferences. Weights or cardio? Oh gosh. Uh, cardio. I'm I, a, I'm a distance. Weights, you would have surprised me. <laughs> um, I mean, I do lift weights. I get resistance uh, training in there. I lifted yesterday, but 
Um, I was a collegiate wrestler. I wrestled my whole life. And then when I was no longer competing, I switched over to running. Um, and I've run, uh, I don't know, more than a dozen marathons, some of the world majors. And, and um, I took a year off last year with a foot injury, but I've rehabbed and got my feet back up under me and, and I'm running again. So I, I prefer the cardio, but I understand the benefits of weight training. <laughs> Favorite fruit? Favorite fruit. Oh, gosh. Um, gosh, that's a tough one. Probably mango. Hmm. Um, I love mango. Mango and peach. Like a lot of mango and peach in my smoothies in the morning. Um, but I love all sorts of fruits. My wife is not a fruit person, and but she keeps me loaded up on fruits. <laughs> I, probably eat more than I should, actually. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> Favorite vegetable? Oh gosh. That's a, I love all the vegetables, probably roasted red peppers. Mm, yes. love, love roasted red peppers, but I like all peppers though. It's more of a family of things like peppers, peppers, peppers. I'll just go with peppers. Spicy peppers. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I like me some spicy foods yeah. for sure. <laughs> Favorite comfort food. Favorite comfort food. Oh Lord. Is chili comfort food? Yeah. Chili. It's chili. Definitely. Yeah. My wife, honestly, this is so tricky because I'm a foodie and my wife could be a chef. So it's like I could put 700 things on each list. So picking the favorites <laughs> and then that, and this list might change tomorrow. This yeah. is today. <laughs> First thing that comes to your mind when you hear vegan. Vegan. Oh, my gosh. Um a steak. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not vegan. Uh, we do. Um, we do have some dishes that my wife will prepare. We don't eat meat with every meal for sure. Um, but we do eat meat in small, small quantities. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say we used to eat more red meat and we've kind of trended that. Um, I love fish. Uh, I, I don't ever see myself becoming a vegan, um, but I can certainly appreciate that lifestyle and, and it's done wonders for y'all. So I'm again, front row seat watching some magical things happen. Um, but yeah, I would say the first thing that goes through my mind when I, when I hear the word vegan is, oh my gosh, they're missing steak. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought when we were going vegan too. <laughs> was it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Well, what's interesting, I know a ton of people who are vegan and they say that at first it's really challenging, but it's mm -hmm. like anything. It's like breaking a sugar habit or, mm -hmm. you know, alcohol or any other habits, you know, that you have like it's, it, you, you get used to it very quickly and then, you know, you figure out creative ways. And, and the reality is like, if you look at, um, there are also some tremendous misunderstandings too. Like if you think back 10 or 15 years ago, and while this might seem common to you, it may not be to some of your listeners. Mm -hmm. Oh, if you're not getting meat, you're not getting protein. And that's mm -hmm. just not true. There are so many great sources of protein that come from vegetables, um, and legumes and nuts and things like that yes. that you can load up on um, without getting any actual animal uh, products in your body at all. Um, in fact, the shake that I have in the morning, usually um, I make a huge blender full and I get two shaker bottles full. One I drink while I'm getting 
prepared for work. And the other one, usually I'll drink either on the way or sip on in the morning, but I put a huge scoop of plant-based protein powder in there. Um, a pretty good drizzle of olive oil. So I'm getting some healthy fats, a handful of mixed nuts in there, raw mixed nuts and a whole variety of other, um, fruits of course, and, uh, and some pantry stuff as well. Um, and the, the plant-based protein, uh, all the research shows that it, it helps to wash out inflammation mm-hmm. um, more so than the animal-based protein. So, you know, I do sub that in a lot. Um, I don't really, you know, most people don't even know like whey protein, for example. Uh, everyone's heard curds and whey. The whey is the runoff when they make cheese. So that's, that comes from animals. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have... Um, uh, soy issues that, you know, don't want soy based protein products or, or other products. Mm -hmm. Um, plus you can hardly find any soy that's not genetically modified on this planet. Um, so yeah, I know I rambled on a tangent there, but you got me on a roll. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was good. That was really good. The most important question here, where do you get your strength? Where do I get my strength? Mm -hmm. My wife. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's, that's a tricky one. I think, um, I can certainly elaborate on that one as well. You know, everything is, you know, whether it's spiritual or, um, an inner strength or whether you draw off of other people. Um, you know, I think my wife is my rock and, uh, and I strive to be the best person I could possibly be. And she helps to hold my feet to the fire. That's wonderful. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to ask Yuri that same question, but not on camera. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get the same answer regardless. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. It was super fun.